Happy Sabbath again, folks. Uh, today, I will put an end to recycled grace. Now, I want to end this series talking about a man who doesn't get biblical headlines. He's not on the front page like Moses. He's not on the front page like David, but his story is important. He's a flawed savior like Gideon, as we talked about last week. His story is not perfect, but his story is useful. And this story is going to help somebody today. If you pay attention to what I'll be telling you, you will see your story in this man. And I don't know where you are. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know where you are or who you are. But I know that God wants to do something for you today. This man's story is located in Judges chapter 11. Now for all you Bible students, please turn your Bibles to Judges chapter 11. Uh, slide there, Sister Laura, slide there. Brother Donald, slide there. You know, Putra, get your phone out. You know what I mean? Let, let's get into the word. Because if it's not in the word, it does not need to be heard. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. Judges chapter 11. The word reads, now Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor. He was a man of courage. He was a man of audacity. But, but he was the son of a harlot, a.k.a. prostitute. And Gilead begot Jephthah, mother a prostitute father a leader of a tribe verse number two Gilead's wife bore sons and when his wife's sons grew up they drove Jephthah out and said to him you shall have no inheritance in our father's house for you are the son of another woman there it is the topic I'm bringing today the son of another woman or the son of the other woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob. And worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. It came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel. That the elders of Gilead went to Jephthah from the land of Tob. Tob means good. We're introduced to this word in Genesis when God says, all I've created is good. Tob means good or beautiful. Verse 6, then they said to Jephthah, come and be our commander that we may fight against the people of Ammon. So Jephthah said to the elders, did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? We all have those people that knock on our door when they need something. Verse 8, and the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, that is why we have turned again to you now that you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, if you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon, and the Lord delivers them to me, shall I be your head? Are you for real, for real? Verse 10, 
And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord, be careful now when you bring the Lord into it, the Lord will be a witness between us if we do not do according to your words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and commander over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord in Mizpah, the son of the other woman. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, speak, O God. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. We live in an era of heroes. We praise athletes who score goals at a high clip. We soon over superheroes who shapeshift and dash at the speed of light. We drool over marathon winners, best sellers, business gurus, spiritual gurus. Jephthah lived in an era of heroes. When he exited the womb, he was, he was a hero in waiting. And at the very beginning, the narrator wants us to know that Jephthah is a hero to be. We are told that Jephthah is a mighty man of valor. He's a man of courage. He's a man of audacity. You see, in the class of mighty men of valor were men like David. David killed a lion and a bear with his own hands. He didn't have bow. He didn't have a bow. He didn't have a gun. But he killed a lion with his own hands. David sliced the neck of Goliath. And the writer wants us to know that Jephthah is born. He is destined for greatness. Many of us don't know our destiny. We don't know, Sister Lara, what we're going to be. I didn't know that I'll be a pastor. And you didn't know that you'd be a CEO. You, you were not born thinking like a doctor. You were not born thinking like a pilot. You were not born thinking like an accountant. You were born. You were born. But when you were born, you were destined for greatness. I came across a research by Bonner Group, and they polled about 1,003 Americans asking them this important question. And the question is, how do you perceive your purpose or destiny in life to be? 44% of the respondents answered that they perceived their destiny to be a good husband or a good wife. That is to have a good family life. That is 44%. 18% answered saying that their destiny was to be dedicated 
to God, to be good Christians, to live a life of faith. But you, you and me know that no human beings, no human being is born understanding that I'll be a great father or I'll be a great mother. No human being is born understanding that I'll be a great uh, Christian or I'll be dedicated to God. That is something that you discover in the course of your life. That is something that you learn as you interact with your environment. But just because you are ignorant of your destiny does not mean that you got no destiny just because you don't know what you'll be doesn't mean that you are going you, you doesn't mean that you will not be somebody and i need somebody here to know this morning that god has invested in you that god has installed in you some destiny and just because you don't know it doesn't mean that it is not there and so we are destined we are groomed to be somebody. You see, none of us know what we will become, but it does not erase the destinies God pre-planned in us. God didn't bring you on earth without a plan. God wants you to develop a program to free people from addiction. God wants you to bring people who don't know Jesus to know Jesus. God wants you to build a business empire so that you can help people who are poor. God wants you to write that great novel. God wants you to write the bestseller. God wants you to be that CEO. God wants you to be that great preacher. God wants you to be that teacher. God has a destiny for you. You see, for me, being destined for something great speaks to God's recycled grace. Now, I want you to hear me carefully right here. It speaks to God's recycled grace because it tells me that even though sin, Frankie, disrupted the program of God, it messed his plans up. But the moment we accept Jesus, the moment we say, Lord, I love you, God says, hey, let's fulfill your destiny. Allow me to bring it to you closer. The prodigal son, he left home, he wasted his father's money, and he was broke, he was in the dirt, and he was counted out. But he said, wait a minute, my father is a rich man. Wait a minute, my father has many servants. Wait a minute, my father drives a BM. Wait a minute, my father lives in the Menteng of Jerusalem. My father lives in the best places. He has servants, he has mates. I'm going to go back home. I don't expect my father to make me as a son as I was because I, I, I abandoned that. I will ask my father to simply make me as one of his servants. And there the prodigal son came back home and he knocked on his father's door. He says, Father, I disappointed you. I'm not worthy to be your son. Just make me as one of your servants. But the father says, scratch that. 
He gave him a hug. Put on him the best robe that he could give him. And he said, you my son, let's go back home. You my son, I want you to continue running my empire. That's how God treats you and me. That when we have disappointed him, when we have gone off, when we have detoured, when we come back, God says, I know you detoured. I know you made a mistake, but now let's go back to what I called you to. Let's pick up that degree again. Let's pick up that directorship again. Let's make you a pastor again. Let's make you serve God again. Because what I have given you, I do not take back. What I have destined you for, I do not take back. And I need somebody hear me, to hear me carefully this morning. Because sometimes we feel as if our mistakes, we feel as if our faults, we feel as if our failures have made God give up on us. But I'm here to tell you that God never gives up, gives up on you. When you come back to him, God says, hey. Uh, let's go back to 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 what I called you for and somebody here needs to hear that that message this morning now while God hear me carefully Elder Donald while God may destine us for greatness but we don't define the circumstances of our birth what that means is that we don't get to choose who our father is going to be. We don't get to choose who our mother is going to be. That is already pre-installed. It is predefined. It is pre-packaged. And sometimes our circumstances are hell on earth. Some of us have lived in, in homes that our parents didn't even like us. Some of us, our brothers and siblings hate us. Some of us feel as if we are nothing. But you need to dance and sing a hallelujah when the circumstances of your birth are good. Some of us are living in heaven on earth. Our parents love us. Our parents sent us to school. Our parents back us up. Our parents are there to, to hold us up. Our culture has lifted us up. We have gone to the best schools. We, we live in the best places. We work in the nice places. You have to sing a hallelujah for that. Unfortunately, good circumstances eluded Jephthah. He was born. He was born, he was born from a harlot. He says, he was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. In other words, he, he is destined for greatness, but his circumstances are, are, are going to get in the way of his greatness. He is a son of a prostitute. Uh, the Bible presents two kinds of prostitutes. There were those prostitutes who worked the streets to survive. And there were those prostitutes who worked at the temple. You see, these temple prostitutes, they could be male or female. When a worshiper came to the temple uh, to worship, one of the gods of fertility, we have heard about Ashtoreth, one of the Acts in, in, in worship would, would be to have sacred sex. 
What that meant was that if this person is having sex with this temple prostitute, it is going to open up their womb. It is going to increase their sperm count. It is going to make them fertile. So it was a religious activity. And I believe that in the religious promiscuity of the time of the judges, Jephthah's father, Gilead, goes up to the temple and he has an encounter with the temple prostitutes and he gets her pregnant. Now, I love Jephthah's father because he, he took responsibility. You know what I'm saying? He said, I'm going to take my son and I'm going to own up that I have a son. And, and the Bible says, Gilead begot Jephthah. In other words, what the text is trying to tell you and I, Jephthah's father is a responsible father. He doesn't want to abandon his son. He says, I'm going to take my son. I'm going to give him legitimacy. He is a son of a prostitute, yes. But I will own him to give him legitimacy. I love that. I love, I love fathers who want to give their children legitimacy, who take responsibility for what they did and don't leave their, they don't leave their sons and, and don't take responsibility. And so Jephthah wants to be responsible. But he's a man. In a time of, of male chauvinism in a patriarchal society. So you know Jephthah's father is not changing his diapers. Jephthah's father is not breastfeeding him. He's, he's not feeding him. The task falls on his wife. Now, now, Laura, imagine. Imagine this. I don't know how you think about this. And ladies, think about this. How would you feel to care for a child that your father brought home, that your husband brought home <laughs> from another woman, and that woman is a prostitute? How many women would happily care for, for an illegitimate child? One who came in ways you do not fully understand. Uh, Jephthah's wife, I mean Gilead's wife, uh, understood that my husband has gone to the temple and, and he's, he's had an encounter. But that encounter was not supposed to bring back a child. It was supposed to help them be able to have children. But here is a child that has come and she must take care of this child. But it's not her child. And circumstances changed for Jephthah. This illegitimate son and the text tells us that Gilead's wife bore sons and his wife's sons grew up. They drove Jephthah out and said to him, you shall have no inheritance in our father's house. For you are the son of another woman. Look at Jephthah's status change the moment that his stepmother has children and go i hope you're showing this up the moment that she has children the moment that those children grow up they look at jephthah and say hey who are you again are you not the son of the other woman you are not the son of our mother 
And if you look at it carefully, you, you, you see that Gilead's father is not mentioned in the picture. It's about the wife and the sons. So we have a, a family that is fighting about the inheritance. The family that is fighting about who is going to be in position number one. Because Gilead, Jephthah was the firstborn son. But he's an illegitimate son. And the other sons are saying, hey, wait a minute. Gid, Jephthah is going to take what's our father's. But he's not a legitimate son. He don't belong here. He is the son of the other woman. In other words, he is a stranger. And that's what the word other means. He is a stranger. He is, he's something different. Uh, he, he, he's strange. He's He's, he's different. He's, he's not like one of us. He, he doesn't look like us. He doesn't talk like us. He doesn't sound like us. His hair it doesn't curl up like ours. He's different. He's strange. He's a son of the other woman. I've had an experience where people touched me. Touched my skin. And then they'll do, they'll do like this. Touch my skin. Then they'll do like this. Now, now you laugh. But the truth of that is, I kind of felt strange. I'm like, wait, am I, am I human or what? Now, now granted, the people that touched me, they, they, they did it because they were ignorant. But the family of Jephthah, they call him strange because they calculated it. They said, let me, we got to push him out. He's not one of us. He is got to go. And they, 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 the reality of the moment, they, of the situation is, they made Jephthah feel like an outsider, yet they are sharing the same father. And that is one of the worst things that you can go through. To feel like an outsider when you really belong. To feel like an outsider when you are really at home. To feel like the son of the other woman when you are really at home. Perhaps I'm speaking to a son of the other woman. Perhaps you have been treated less than you should have been treated. In your own family, you don't get your fair share. You have never gotten your fair share. You have never been recognized as you are being recognized. You've always been looked upon as the black sheep. You've always been considered as the younger one. Your voice don't matter. Maybe you have been treated like the son of the other woman by somebody you invested in, but they served you with papers of divorce. Maybe you have worked in a company all your life. Then COVID-19 hit and the company looked at you as the son of the other woman and they terminated you. Perhaps you have been treated by this, like the son of the other woman in your social group. People used to like your posts. People used to call you up. People wanted to hang with you, but now they don't want to hang with you no more. Maybe you are like the son of the other woman in the church. Nobody ever offers you a position. Nobody ever invites you. Nobody ever prays for you. Perhaps you are like the son of the other woman. You don't feel at home, but yet you are at home and then what is said about Jephthah's story is that he is paying for the sins of his father. It wasn't his choice to go to the temple and encounter a temple prostitute. It wasn't his choice 
to be labeled as the son of the other woman. It wasn't his choice for his brothers to look down on him. It wasn't his choice, but yet it was a choice he had to stomach. And I'm reminded about another son. He was the son of Mary. He wasn't the son of Joseph. He was the son of Mary. And people looked at him as an illegitimate child. People questioned, is this son really the son of Joseph? Where did he come from? People turned their backs on him. They didn't even want to listen to him in his hometown. The, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders hated his guts. I'm telling you about Jesus. He also was treated like the son of the other woman. He went through rejection. He went through abandonment. People turned his backs on him. And I'm here to tell somebody that if the master went through it, what about you as a servant? Because a servant is not greater than his master. So I don't know what kind of pain and rejection you're dealing with. But Jesus dealt with it as well. But we know that rejection is painful. Me telling you that Jesus was rejected may not soothe your heart. Me telling you that he was treated badly may not soothe your heart. Because rejection is painful. To handle his rejection, Jephthah fled. And that's how some of us deal with rejection. We flee. And we can flee in so many different ways. We can flee by giving people the silent treatment. We can flee by resigning from the job. We can flee by not showing up at church. We can flee by relocating to another location. And Jephthah decides to flee. The text says, Jephthah fled and dwelt in the land of Tob. Now, the land of Tob situates east of Palestine. It is about 20 kilometers away from Jephthah's hometown of, of Gilead. That's about a half, half marathon distance. That's where Jephthah fled. The name Tob means beautiful. So Jephthah fled to a beautiful place. But there we find Jephthah in a beautiful place that he starts to do ugly things in a beautiful place. Jephthah with worthless men banded together and went out raiding with them. In other words, Jephthah decided to live the life of a thug. He created his own gang and started to raid people. As travelers were moving in certain parts of the land of Tob, Jephthah would, would, would mug them and still form them. This young man who has been destined for greatness has become a thug. But Jephthah fled to Tob because he was looking for acceptance. And you know how we will go to great lengths to... To quench our thirst for acceptance. Uh, we will uh, go to great lengths to quench our thirst for our ideas to be followed. We will thirst for our bodies to be complimented. Uh, we will thirst for our gifts to be appreciated. We will thirst for our personalities to be celebrated. We will thirst for our choices to be applauded. 
But I got something to tell you today. That just because you are accepted doesn't mean that the acceptance is right for you. Just because somebody wants to follow your idea does not mean that you should lead. Just because your body is complimented does not mean you should undress. Just because your gifts is appreciated doesn't mean you should give it. Just because your personality is celebrated doesn't mean you should express it. Just because your choice is applauded does not mean you should make it. Because some acceptance may be your pathway to hell. Jephthah was accepted in Tob, but he was living like a gangster and he was raiding people. He was wasting away his destiny. He was wasting away his potential. He was not being what he was supposed to be because he could not handle his rejection. I came across a psychologist. He, he was talking about Rejection and, and, and he made this remark that just stuck with me that I want to share with you. And he says like this, uh, the danger of rejection is not the rejection. The danger of rejection is how we respond to it. What he meant to say was like this, uh, the rejection may be real. You get fired, that's real. Right, you are, you are not invited to the party, <laughs> that's real. You know what I mean? You're, you're not called upon to the meeting, that's real. So that may be a real thing. The rejection may be a rejection. You'll be like, man, I was rejected. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I have been rejected. You know what I mean? The girl turned you down, you were rejected. For real. You know what I mean? Nobody liked your post, that's rejection. You understand what I'm saying? You didn't get on the bus because you were late. That's rejection. You got to the airport and you got, you got there late and the, the, the flight attendant said to you, mm, I'm sorry, you're late. That's rejection. That's real. But the danger is this, that we take the rejection and run with it. We start to create movie plots in our brains. We start to talk to ourselves. And unfortunately, according to Guy Winch, what that does is that we call ourselves names. We lament our shortcomings and feel disgusted with ourselves. When Jephthah chose to run away, guess what? He was believing the label that was put on him. In other words, he said, wait a minute, I'm the son of the other woman, so I'm going to live like it. So a lot of times when we've been rejected, we eat the rejection and we end up sucking life out of ourselves. And here is a man, a young man, destined for greatness. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm not going to go nowhere. I'm going to stay here. He chose to tuck his tail and run, believing that I am the son of the other woman. And in doing that, he wasted his destiny. He was supposed to be in Israel. He was living in Tob. Is there somebody here in Tob that you have run away from home? You are there physically, but you're not there emotionally. You are 
in top? Is there somebody who you've started to hang around the wrong kind of people? They're teaching you things that you never thought you could do. Alcohol is a little more comfortable for you. Smoking is a little more comfortable for you. Pornography has become your go-to. You, you, things that you never thought you could do, you're starting to do. Is there somebody in Tob this morning that you, you, you have believed the lie? That I'm a timid person. That I am not a lovable person. That I'm not good for nothing. And therefore you're living in tub, wasting away your destiny, wasting away your greatness, living in tub, believing that you are worthless. And for Jephthah, yes and yes, he was in tub, wasting away whom God had called him to be, wasting it away. Where are you at this morning? But you see, I'm here to tell you something beautiful. You and me are unlike Jephthah because we know better. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. We know better. In fact, let me convince you. According to the writer of the letter of First John, he says it like this. Now, now I love this. He says it like this. Dear friends, now we are. Now we are, now you are a child of God. Hallelujah, somebody. And we have, and, and look at this, look at this. We are children of God. We are born again. We, 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 we are that. But notice this. We have not yet been shown what we will be in the future. And I want to talk to a new born again Christian. You are a child of God. You don't know what it's going to be like yet. But there's a destiny for you. There's greatness for you. Listen to this. He says, we don't know what we will be. But we know. Hmm. But we know, we know that when Christ comes again, we will be like him. Hallelujah, somebody. Because we will see him as he really is. I'm here to tell you that God considers you his child. You may be in tub. You may be among worthless people. You may be doing worthless things. But God says, that is my son. That is my daughter. That is my child. I died for him, but I still love him. I love this because when I'm down on myself, when I don't feel good about myself, I remember I'm a child of God. When people around me ain't loving me, I remember I'm a child of God. When my plans fail, I remember I'm a child of God. When a program ain't working out, <laughs> I remember I'm a child of God. When I've fallen into it again, I remember I'm a child of God. When, <laughs> when I've overeaten again, I remember <laughs> I'm a child of God. And I don't know exactly what I'm going to be. But I know when Jesus comes, I will be just like him. Now, now I love God because... God uses providence to make things happen because a crisis happens in Jephthah's hometown. Because, you see, the land of Tob belonged to the Ammonites. Uh, the Ammonites were located on the eastern side of the Jordan River or the Dead Sea. When Israel 
under the leadership of Joshua, seized control of the land of Canaan. Uh, check this, uh, Sister Laura. They had to evict people out of the land. They had to drive them out. So part of those evictees or those who were evicted were the Ammonites. Now, after some years, the Ammonites said, you know what? We, 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 we want our, <laughs> our portion back. Like, like we, we, want, we want our land back. And you know something? When there's territorial disputes, oftentimes it spills over into war. Right now, the South China Sea is, a, is disputed. You know, China, the other Asian nations, who, who does it really belong to? And China wants to flex its muscle. And you know that that's what happens. When there are territorial disputes, usually war is going to take place. And that is exactly what happened. The people of Ammon made war against Israel. Now here is the funny thing. This is a funny, 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 funny thing. The place I was attacked first was Gilead. Gilead was the father of Jephthah, but he was also leader of the tribe. And the, the land or the territory was called after Gilead. And so the, the land of Gilead, closest to the Ammonite territory, was attacked first. I told you God works in a funny way. And so what happens is there's a crisis at home in, in Jephthah's hometown. And I know, I believe, that Jephthah knew it was taking place. He heard about it. But hey, man, they turned their backs on me. I'm cool in top. I'm cool in my, in my lane. You know what I mean? I, I will live, Elder Donald, check this. I will live based upon people's placement of me in their life. I will be cool right here. <laughs> I ain't going to lift a finger. I know it is hard. I know it is difficult. But they put me in this situation. Therefore, I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that. So Jephthah says, I'm going to be cool right here. But he could hear that there's a crisis at home. And it tells me something right here. I need you to take home with you. You see, he is living in Tob in a, it, that belongs to Ammon. Unfortunately, the people of Ammon are attacking his homeland, telling me that Jephthah was in the wrong place. The people that accepted him initially are turning their backs on him. That's what happens when you go for acceptance that is not really acceptance. That at some point, if the people are not really for you, they're going to turn against you or something else that is important to you. And this is, this is something else that I, I discovered as I was going through the story. Uh, people knew about Jephthah. What he was doing in the land of Tob. They knew that he was, he was a gangster over there. They knew that people spoke highly of him. They, they knew that things are happening with Jephthah. And as they are thinking about how to handle this crisis in the homeland, they're saying, hey, look, gentlemen, we need Jephthah to come. And, and frankly, I, I thought to myself, Whew, all right, they're talking and they're discussing who is going to lead the battlefront. And they're saying, we need, we need Jephthah to come. And I can just imagine in my mind, people saying, hey, guys, guys, remember something? What happened? We chased Jephthah away. Like, like do you guys remember that? <laughs> like, like we, we, we say, man, get out. We deported him. Do you guys remember what we did? And somebody says, hey, bro, I know what we did. I know what we did. But we can get Jephthah back. What we need to do is we need to go to Jephthah and offer him something worth it and that is exactly what they did they go to Jephthah and they say to Jephthah Jephthah you come and help us to fight 
the Ammonites. And you will be, you will be, check this, you, you, you will be, you will be our head. You, you will be our leader. And I love Jephthah's response. Jephthah says, hey, wait, 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 wait. Look, look, you chased me out of here. Remember, you said you don't want me. But now you need me in a time of need? That is so frustrating, right? They, they need him because they have a need. They need him because they have a crisis. But I'm here to tell you that this crisis was a providence of God. I'm here to tell you that this problem of Jephthah being chased away was a provision of God. I'm here to tell you this is God turning a negative into a positive. I'm here to tell you that it's God saying, Jephthah, I know you looked at it as a bad thing. I know you thought you were down and out. I know you thought that nobody cares about you. I know you thought you are a nobody. But I want you to know that I see you somebody I need you to know that I see you as my son and therefore let me take care of you in the midst of a crisis listen to me when you have been hit by rejection it's not your duty to fight for acceptance in other words let God work it out in other words, let God bring about a turn of circumstances because God can see you. God knows you. God understands. But he knows that I need to act in a way that I can be of better benefit to you. So Jephthah, Jephthah's crisis, Jephthah's crisis, God used to create a bigger crisis so that God could bring him back to help his own people. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. And somebody told me something that revolutionized my mind. The issues of our lives are never the stress, are never people rejecting us, are never, are never being fired. It, that's, that's not the issue. The issue is how do I look at it? What is my response to this stimulus? What is my view on this situation that has come upon me? And I'm here to tell you that when you're faced with a difficult situation, a difficult circumstance, you don't understand. You always need to, to look at it like this. Something is going to come out from this that is going to bless me. Something is going to come out, out of this that is going to be a benefit to me and to my family. I, I don't see it now. Hmm? I, really, I really don't see how I'm going to be made well. I really don't see how I'm going to be healed. But God has said he will heal me. So I will not look at my situation with the eyes of faith. With the eyes of physical eyes. I will look at my situation with the eyes of and so here I love the fact that God is able to turn Jephthah's situation and, and, and bring it back. And yes, for real, uh, rejection is painful. But know that God is able to turn a, tri a tragedy into a triumph. And I love this, brothers and sisters, that Jephthah is in the land of Tob. He is in a foreign land. He is in a worthless situation. But God sends representatives to call him out. And that is the gospel right there. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you have fallen. 
But it is always God looking out and looking after for you. It is always God saying, my son is in a bad place. My son is in a far place. But I know how to get him out of that situation. You may not know how to come out of that debt. You may not know how to come out of that abusive relationship. You may not know how to come out over that job that is not giving you satisfaction. You may not know how to be healed. You may not know how to get out of your, your pornography. You may not know how to get out of alcoholism or smoking or whatever habit. You may not know how to get out of it. But I have news for you today that God knows how to get you out. Amen. He knows how to pull you back. And he knows how to say, you know what? I have something for you to do in Israel. Let's leave Tob and go to Israel. And somebody today needs to leave Tob and go back to Israel and go back to God and go back to him. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed by what Jephthah says. And please pay attention to this. I'm amazed by this because Jephthah says to the leaders, he says, look, yes, you're going to bring me back. And I'm going to come, come and fight for you. But it must be the Lord who is going to deliver me. It must be God working through my situation because I know it already. I have been rejected before. I have been called the son of the other woman. I have been chased away. Now, if I go back and I believe and, 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 and simply say, oh, the people love me now. If I simply go back on that, the moment that they don't love me, they can turn their backs on me. Therefore, I'm not going to go on people's approval. I will go because of the Lord's acceptance of me. So if God is going to work through me, if God is going to help me, if God is going to give me victory, I then know that I can truly be your head. Listen to me carefully. You do not need to put a high premium on what people say about you. You do not need to put a high premium on what people's opinions are of you. The highest premium, Brother Donald, Elder Donald, listen to me, is the, the, the opinion of God. What does God think about me? How does he feel about my life? How does he feel about my family? How does he feel about my job? What matters is what God looks at me, how God sees me. Because when everything fails, when people turn their backs on me, God will be by my side. He's not going to leave me. And so I will not go back to Israel because you want me. I will go back to Israel because God wants me. And I want you to know that God wants you. He's interested in your story. He's interested in your situation. He wants you to leave Tob, come to Jerusalem, and win a great victory, a great battle for him. There's only something you can do for God. Nobody else. Only you. Only you. That's why God is saying, come back. I know you were not praying like you used to before. Come back. Just, just come back. Just pick up the word. Pray. I know you were not going to church before. Just, just come back. Just once a month. I, I, I can work with one th once a month. Just come back, come back. I know you, you, you wanted to get out of it. You wanted to end the marriage. But just, just one more day. Love your wife. One more, one more day. One more day, love your husband. I know you, you want to give up on your son, on your daughter. Just one more day. Love you. Just, just come back. Come back. Come back. It doesn't matter what others have said about you. You are not the son of the other woman. You are my son. Come back. Come back. Come back. I love you 
I want you. Let me rewrite your story. That is what God wants to do for somebody today. He wants to change your story. The labels of people, what people think, what they have said about you. <laughs> You're not the son of the other woman. You are a mighty warrior for God. That's your destiny. God has called you for great things. And, 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 and that's what he wants to start doing too for you today. But you got to leave Tob, man. You can't be in Tob. You got to leave Tob and go back to Israel. And take up the position that God has for you. I want to leave Tob. I want to leave Tob and I want to be in Israel. I want to be a mighty warrior for God. I want to do things for God. The greatest, the greatest evidence that you have accepted the grace of God is when God is able to use your life to impact other people for him. And only you can be able to do something special. So as Recycled Grace is coming to an end, I'm here to call you to come back to God. He, he loves you. He's not going to let you go. I don't know if you want to join me this morning. But I'm going, to, I'm going back to Israel, man. <laughs> Tab, I'm done with you, Tab. Going back to Israel. I don't know if anybody's done with Tab today. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to, to help somebody today. Know that you love them. You haven't left them. As there's a great destiny that you have placed on their life. And today I ask you, Father, that you would help them to come out of Tab and go back to Israel. You would help them to come back to Jesus, the warrior of Israel. Somebody here is struggling. They're, they're ready to leave. They're ready to run away. But, Father, I pray that they will not put on their shoes, but they will stay put. That, Father, you would elevate them. Thank you, Lord, for your recycled grace that never, ever, ever, ever ends. And we appreciate who you are and what you do. Please, O oh Lord, make us like Jesus. Transform us and guide us. In the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week.